0: You're listening to RiverCast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. Turn to John chapter 5, if you would. And uh, we want to talk this morning about a word that we talk about all the time, and uh, it's the word faith. And faith is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot, you know, and we kind of assume that everybody's talking about the same thing, that we all know what we're talking about, and uh, and truth of the matter is is, is we don't, and we 're going to kind of dive in a little bit deeper in exactly what, what faith is and what it 's all about. I happened to be yesterday at an ordination council or an ordination service, excuse me uh, for the, at the Chinese church uh, in, in Niscuuna over in Schenectady it 's one of our sister churches, and uh, their youth pastor is being ordained and um, anyway. And I I participated in two services. Half was Chinese, half was English. I only understood half, you know, everything was getting translated and all of it. And so during the Chinese time, I'm looking at the words on the screen in English and the translations in Chinese. And that's just, that is such a beautiful language. And I was trying to make sense of it. I'm just like, Wow, in English that's like six words, but in Chinese characters it's like ten. I'm like, you know, what's what's the deal? And anyway, long story short, there was a verse up there where it talks about that we're to be uh, Timothy is supposed to be an example in in faith and love and conduct and purity, and it kind of has all that. And it translated those words, and I noticed that there was two Chinese characters for each of those, but the one for in faith and in love had the same character. And it wasn't the word in because the other things had in and it wasn't there. So I asked one of the guys later, I'm like, hey, what's the deal? And, and if you see Chinese, I'm like kind of like trying to draw this little squiggly thing in the air, you know. And he, he's like, oh, he says, that's in the heart. And he said, yeah, because faith and love are always in the heart. And I thought, wow, that is such a cool thing. Faith, we always in, you know, in English, we have this idea of, you know, I love you with my heart. But in Mandarin, the idea of faith is also automatically rooted in the heart to the degree it's in the actual word itself as they write that. So we want to understand a little bit deeper and a little more just with clarity and focus about what faith is. Faith is what pleases God. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is what God wants from us. Faith is the, the lifeline. It's what brings us ultimately into that relationship with Christ. It's what God is wooing us to Him and drawing us to Him and, 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 and enabling us and helping us. He wants us to build our faith. Faith is something that really begins when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. That's when we have saving faith, we would say. And He wants it to, to build the rest of our life, so faith. Faith isn't just something that we look back like, yeah, I did that once. Like, I rode the bull once, you know, a few weeks ago. I had faith once. I trusted Jesus then. But God wants it to be something that builds in our life. And he's constantly, day in and day out, putting you and I in situations, allowing things in our life to grow us in our faith. Because he's the God that we relate to. And faith is a, a, you can't relate to God even with that. He wants us to, to know Him and to trust Him. It's just the very foundation of who we are. And so we're gonna see this morning that Jesus talks about what faith is all about. He does a miracle. The first miracle in John was turning the water into wine. And the, the second miracle is when Jesus heals a man's son. And we don't know the names of anybody. In fact, Jesus doesn't go anywhere. He just he declares him to be healed and, not to, not, and will not die. So John, actually, I told you John 5, right? This is actually John 4, the tail end of, of, of chapter 4. So read with me in verse 46. The Bible says this. So he came, talking about he being Jesus, Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. So he was up in Galilee, kind of north of Samaria. You remember that that story where he turned the water into wine and he had left and gone other places. He'd gone through Samaria and we had that last couple of weeks been talking about that. Now he's back up in Galilee again where he turned the water into wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this, we don't know who, what official he was, probably a Jewish official, high ranking. It could have been a Roman official as well. We just... We, we re- really don't know exactly who, but somebody high-ranking in, in that culture and in that day. And when this man, in verse 47, heard that Jesus had come to Judea from Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. I don't know what this illness was, But this man knew, everybody in that day, in that culture, without without microscopes and stethoscopes and all the modern things, everybody knew that this illness had one result, and that he would die. And his father, as you can imagine, as you would as a parent, watching the life begin slipping out of your child, you would do anything to help your kid be healed, anything. So this man comes to Jesus in tremendous desperation. And here's what Jesus says in verse 48. So Jesus said to him, Unless you, and by the way, you there is plural. It's not just for this man, but it was for everybody there listening, and it's for you and me today. He says, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. An official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. The man was laser-focused. Jesus was kind of a teachable moment, already knowing what he was going to do. And this man just said, Please, you're right. He didn't debate or argue. He just said, please, come down. My son's going to die. And Jesus in verse 50 said this, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. I'm blown away at that. He couldn't text. He couldn't call. He didn't get a doctor's report. He just said, Okay, and he left and went back home. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. That would have been about one o'clock in the afternoon. And the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live and he himself believed, and get this last part, and all his household. When God brings faith into one person's life, that faith tends to spread, and he wants to impact and change other people's lives, in that home, and that family, and that neighborhood, he wants it to grow. This was now the second sign, the, the turning the water to wine was the first one. This was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Gia, Judea to Galilee. First thing I want us to notice this morning as we think about faith, is that faith is trusting Jesus to do what we can't do. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting Jesus who not only can do, but will do that which is impossible to us. I don't know what techniques, medical techniques, and all of that that were available at that time. Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, was a, a physician of sorts, and, and they had some level of medicine of their time and their day. I mean, think about it. They had butchered enough animals. They kind of knew the parts that were going on inside the bodies, but, um, but they did not have the things and the availability of the techniques that we obviously had today. And this man had tried everything. You would have, right? You would have tried everything possible. I mean, we don't know if he was having breathing issues, if he had you know, pneumonia, or just things were happening, but he would have tried everything, exhausted everything. And so the man goes to Jesus. Word had apparently gotten out about the water turning into wine. We, we don't know who how this guy knew and who else knew, but apparently that word had spread enough that this guy thought, well, if Jesus can turn water into wine... He can do something about my son. He can heal him. Faith is you and me. It's us stepping out and trusting Jesus to do that which is impossible for us. It's it's trusting that God is a powerful God that works. Now, if you think about it, when this man trusted Jesus, it wasn't just that he had faith. And here's a little bit of the deeper part. Faith is trusting beyond just that God's going to do something. You see, this man trusted that Jesus had power. He believed that Jesus had within him the ability to do something. So he entrusted the all-powerful God that he could do something. He trusted in God's power. But he trusted in more than just the power of Jesus. He trusted in the goodness of Jesus. For what good is it if Jesus had power but said, I don't know you. You? play for the wrong team. I'm not going to help your son. I don't like the way you look. I don't know. Jesus, this man not only went to him thinking that Jesus had the power to do something, but that Jesus was inherently good and that he was a merciful God in his goodness. That he was powerful, he was good, and he was merciful in the process. He was a merciful God. You see, when you and I put th- our faith in God, we need to realize we're not just trusting in God's ability. We're not just trusting that God loves us. We're trusting in God's mercy. We're trusting His mercy. Mercy, you give mercy to someone when they give you what you don't deserve. I'm hoping when we play football a little bit that somebody has mercy on me. I really am hoping for a little bit of that, okay? Okay. I'm banking on some of that. We have, I think there's pizza and chili for players, and I already kind of put it out there. I'm like, hoping some of you guys just really eat so much, so you kind of run a little slower, you know? That's what I'm hoping. Anyway, you get a little cramp or something going on. But um, we get mercy. We need mercy when we receive that which we don't deserve. Here's the thing, guys. God owes us absolutely nothing nothing. We forget that. We we feel like, we walk around in our own little minds and hearts feeling like God owes us the world. That's kind of how we roll even in life, that you know our employers owe us, that the world owes us, the government owes us, everybody owes us. It's kind of our, our, our world view, but God owes us nothing. Because of our sin, because of the messes that we have all created, God in heaven could could have absolutely written us off and just just let us rot and go to pieces. So when you and I go to God and we actually ask Him for something and we turn to Him, trusting Him, our faith is just not believing that He's a powerful God. It's not just believing that He exists. It's not just believing that He's good. It's also saying, God, we don't deserve this, but I'm asking you to have mercy. Upon me, here this father was going to Jesus, saying, "Jesus, I don't deserve this, but Jesus, would you have mercy on my son and help him to live?" Now, if you read, the boy apparently recovered of the illness that Jesus healed him, and and God in heaven looked down and had mercy to him. If you've noticed the already that is in this passage, it referred to Jesus when he did, did when he did these miracles that they were signs the whole the miracles themselves were to point to something that was better when you drive down the highway and you see a billboard of a place to eat or whatever or the the best colonoscopy in town i just the medical billboards i just i really don't get i mean like i kind of the day i saw those i'm like oh Hospitals are business places. You don't advertise unless you're trying to make money. It kind of like changed my understanding of the way the world works, but you know, you don't get excited about the billboard. You don't want to go to the billboard. You don't go home and say, oh I saw the most amazing billboard. You go home and you're like, oh I might want to go to that place because the billboards point to that which is good. So the miracles that Jesus did wasn't so much that the miracles themselves were amazing, is that they were pointing to something else that was amazing. And the one that they were pointing to was none other than God himself in the flesh. So we as people should be seeking Jesus himself more than the miracles and recognizing that we're turning to the God who's powerful, who's loving, who's merciful, and who wants to work profoundly in our lives. So faith is, it's trusting that God can do that which you and I cannot do. Faith, second thing I want you to recognize is that faith is trusting Jesus to see that which you and I cannot see. Trusting Jesus when we don't see. You know, the old, there's the old sayings that seeing is believing. It's actually not true. If you and I see something, it doesn't require any faith. There's zero faith involved when you and I need to see first. There are times in our life where you, where we desperately want to believe something. And we desperately want to see. And God says, I'm not going to let you see. Because I want you to believe. I want you to trust me. I want you to focus on me. I want you to step forward and put your faith into actions without seeing. That's why so often for us as Christians, we want to, you know, we, we want to see and we don't want to have to risk anything. We don't want, we... it's easier to not exercise faith. Let's just be honest. Faith is not a nice little thing to do. Faith is unnerving. Faith is uncomfortable. Faith is you and I trusting in something that we can't see, that we can't do, that's beyond us. And it's something that we really need to happen or that we need God to to be and do something beyond ourselves. So the stakes are kind of high. But faith is trusting Jesus who can and does see when we don't. I'm so impressed by this father. I don't know if I'd have been like that, to be real honest with you. For for all that we can tell, this is the first time that he met Jesus. And and he petitions Jesus, and Jesus kind of—not so much scolds, but he just kind of puts out there, like, "Yeah, unless you don't, unless you see the signs, you're really not going to believe." Like that's—that's not a nice, warm bedside manner, you know. If I'm sick or my kids sick, I want the doctor to be nice, not to say, "Yeah, like, what are you doing here? (laughs) You you think I can help you?" And and Jesus just says, "Your son's going to live," and he just kind of. Matter of factly, starts heading back home. I would have been like, really? Like, don't you need to say something? Like, don't you need to turn around three times? You know, do some little motion? Isn't there like incantation? Isn't there something that you know special that's going? On? Like, shouldn't you come down? Like, in case this really didn't work, can't you kind of like be there as a backup? Because I got a two-hour walk like if I get there and find out it's no better I got to come back and get you and we got 2 hours like that's all and he just walked away trusted that Jesus knew and could see that which he could not you see this man accepted and took Jesus at his word and that's why he was able to trust him he he trusted that what Jesus said would happen, that Jesus' words had power, and as a result, his faith was was tremendous. I wonder how often you and I struggle to simply trust the words of Jesus. To simply just let the Bible be the Bible, accept it for what he said, for what it says. You remember the story when Jesus was there and there were so many people in the house. It was early in his ministry. Mark tells us, and that there was a, a guy who couldn't walk. He was paralyzed, and he had some buddies, some friends that carried him in on a, on a on a litter, in essence. And they went, and they just there was no room. They couldn't get him into Jesus, so they figured out a way to get up on the roof. Not kind of like our roofs. Like it was, their roofs were flat. You know, it was it was more normal. If I hear something on my roof. It's either Santa Claus or I don't know what's going on. Like it just, you know, you just, you just don't get on our roofs here. So they go and manage to get their way up onto the roof and they start dismantling. They pull the tiles apart. It's not shingles and they didn't have to pull out a saws, all guys, or, you know, and all of that. It just kind of took the tiles apart, moves things away and began lowering the guy down, down to Jesus. And, and Jesus looks at the guy and he says, son, your sins have forgiven you. It's just like that. Like, wow. Son, everything you've ever done wrong in your past, you are forgiven. And not only that, but whatever you're struggling with right now, bitterness in your heart, maybe while you're paralyzed, you know, just imagine the, the, the stuff that he would be wrestling with. Pride, that's forgiven. And all the stuff you would ever do. Just at the word of Jesus. Sometimes we struggle, even as Christians, to live in the truth of that reality. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Men, we did at the breakfast. Ladies bake cookies, men have breakfast. We don't miss out. I'm banking on the good thing with the ladies making breakfast, that some of those are going to make their way into my home, I'm hoping. Like I can... like. My daughters and wife better not be eating two dozen cookies. Like you know, if they take two two dozen, they ought to bring two dozen back, and at least a dozen ought to be like available, you know, for the rest of us that are there. But um, thinking thinking about Jesus, you know, just changing his life and taking taking him at his word, we struggle to simply accept God at his words, and as Christians. That God tells us that we are forgiven of our sins. And for us to live even later on, when we as we fall into sin, as we continue to struggle with that our whole life, and God can just, as we've talked about so many times, what God does after you surrender your life to Jesus, you're not perfect, you're forgiven, you're not perfect. But what Jesus does is He through His the Holy Spirit begins changing you giving you new desires and cleaning you up. And he forgives you on the front end, but then he cleanses you progressively in your life and as it goes on. And sometimes you and I can walk around with guilt in our heart and identity issues of all of this. And, and truth of the matter is, is Jesus says we're forgiven. And we need to simply rest in that reality that our sins were nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago and we trust our Lord Jesus and surrender our life to Him. They're done. And then when the Bible in Hebrews says that He Himself will never forsake us. He will never leave us. How often during the week things will pop up into our life And we struggle to have the simple faith in God's Word that no matter what's going on, no matter our child may be on their deathbed, that the God of heaven has told us that He has us and that we're okay. And instead, we allow the worry to go far beyond what it should and the stresses and the anxieties, far beyond what that should be appropriate for our lives, to just simply trust the words of our God, that he will do what he says he will do. That's where we should be, and that's the place where we should stay. We never grow to the point in our life where that isn't something we need to pay attention to, or we ignore, or we kind of, you know, we've kind of got it. It's not like you go to the store, or buy enough milk, and like, okay, I'm all set. I don't need to think about milk for a week. There's never a day in our life where we just kind of should ignore our faith. Like thinking, oh, I've got enough faith. My faith is good and everything's good there. It's, It's something that's more along the lines of eating well and exercise and getting sleep and all of those things that we should just regularly know that God is stretching out our faith and growing and building that. And it's... It's something that it's trusting God to do what only God can do. And it's trusting Jesus that what he sees and really what he says goes, even when we don't see it and we can't do anything about it. Third thing I want you to recognize is that faith is trusting Jesus to save you from your sins. That's kind of the next segue because ultimately the, uh, the, what faith is about is it's through faith that our sins that salvation that Jesus purchased is delivered to us if you will it's faith is in our heart as the chinese character is that that reaches out and says i trust that jesus died on the cross to save me from my, my sins faith is is what the only thing that we do it's not really something that you do it's a It's a a belief. It's something that you accept. And what God does is through the Holy Spirit is He delivers salvation to us. He he declares us to be righteous and forgiven. That's a declaration that God makes on high. But He delivers the goods, if you will, kind of the, the UPS, Amazon delivery system into our hearts, is the Holy Spirit. Who then changes us? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And we experience that forgiveness and that renewing and that washing of our sins. And we, for, we experience that new creation that the Bible says that, that we are in Christ, that everything in our past is, is, is old and the old is passed away and all things become new. And we experience that. And that's what faith does, is it the real faith that God wants us to have? It's not so much that we're just loved by God or we're okay or going to be okay, but it's faith that says, "God, you are my God and I surrender to you." Because my sins have separated between separated me from you. And so I trust that Jesus is the one that forgives that. You see, you cannot be okay with God as long as your your sin is you're still accountable for your sin. It's not that you can just say, well, God's going to take care of me, and you do what you want. What God says is, you have to trust my son Jesus to forgive you of your sins, because as long as your sins are in your life and you're accountable for them, God says, I can't do anything for you. I can't really have a personal relationship with you, because I'm a holy and just God, and I can't just ignore all of that in your life. So we have to come clean with that. We have to turn away from that and repent as we talked about on Saturday and, 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 and as the men are going through that, that series on U-Turn. And we trust Him by faith to forgive us of our sins. And it's that faith in the Lord Jesus who paid the price on the cross of why we can be forgiven and why we can walk around and we can live the rest of our life as a life of faith is a life that depends upon God constantly. That's why Jesus was trying to demonstrate to the the man that they pulled the ceiling tiles away. He ends up healing the man, didn't leave him hanging. But the first thing he did, is, say, son, your sins are forgiven you. And so that everybody knows I've got power to forgive your sins because they can't see that. I see it, but they can't. You get up and take up that mat and get out of here. And he did the miracle to prove something that people could see with their eyes, something that, that only Jesus could see. You see, that's the whole point, is that God is trying to do something profound in our life through his son Jesus. And so that we trust him and enter into that relationship and our whole life is then lived out, experiencing the presence of God day in and day out, and in every way, in every way, shape, and form, that we live our life in faith, live it completely out of our soul, and God builds it and grows that. Fourth thing I want you to recognize, the faith that we're talking about is faith that ultimately trusts Jesus enough to act and do something about it. See, faith is not a passive thing, it's an active thing. It's not a sit back and watch kind of thing, it's a get up and do something kind of thing. You see, our faith, if it's genuine faith, it's going to move. You see, sometimes faith can be almost an excuse for our inactivity as Christians. We can sit back and say, well, I'm just gonna have faith. Now, sometimes you do need to just have faith and trust God and pray and not do anything. Sometimes we get in God's way. You ever try to fix something and somebody else is sticking their hands in there? (laughs) Just like, would you please stop? (laughs) I can do this. I got this. And I think we're that little kid, you know, sticking our hands in there at times. And God's like, I could do this a lot faster if you would just chill out and leave it alone. Like, I just need you to sit back and trust me. But having said that, our faith should always. Lead to action and to us moving forward. You see, this man, Jesus said to him, Hey, your, your son is going to live. And his action was simply to just walk away and to go back and live life as usual. The next, Jesus does another miracle in chapter 5, and it's the same kind of thing. The story in chapter 5 is, as he's back in Jerusalem, I'm not, I won't read the whole passage to you, we'll talk about the tail end of it next week, but he he finds this man, and apparently there was kind of a, I don't know, a myth or tradition, there was a kind of a, a maybe a, a spring, think like a natural geyser or a spring that would bubble up or kind of the waters would move, and they had built and made a pool there, and and kind of the superstition was that people thought, well, if the people that are, that are injured or sick or hurt or ill or whatever, if they're laying there waiting, the first person that gets to get into that water, they're going to get healed. They were trusting in the wrong thing. They weren't trusting in Jesus. And Jesus goes by that place and sees a guy and he says, hey, do you want to be healed? He couldn't walk. And the guy's like, of course I do. But how can I get into the water first? Because I can't walk. He was believing in the wrong thing. And Jesus tells him, get up, take your mat, and walk. And it was on a Sabbath day, a holy day when he shouldn't be working. And the man obeys Jesus. Can you imagine being that guy? You know good and well he had tried to walk a lot of times. Don't know if he was born that way. Probably got injured on the job. OSHA wasn't around yet. No safety Guidelines, no flagging on rooftops, you know, all the stuff that we have today. Um, No surgeons. And, you know, he had done everything he could to walk and he couldn't. I can even imagine he probably had some other people telling him, just walk. Suck it up and move, you know, and like, try and he had the audacity that day to try one more time. Jesus was just a guy. If you've been laying there and some guy walks up to you and says, hey, get up and walk, are you really going to try again? Probably not. But he obeyed. You see, our faith always leads us to action. It always leads us to obedience. It leads us to do something about it. Faith is something that when it's active in our heart, and our life, it's always visible. People always live differently. Homes are lived out differently. Relationships are transformed by our faith in Jesus Christ. Our relationship, the way we relate to other people, we realize that we're not just in a relationship with that person, if it's our spouse, that we're trusting a God in heaven to work in people's lives. And it gives us such a, an encouragement. It gives us such a, a hope and a confidence in the middle of all of that. And we live differently. We parent differently because we're trusting in God. We're not trusting in our feeble attempts. We're not trusting in the the things around us or the things in their lives or the the community or the activities we put them into. It's so, you know, so many people, parenting philosophy, well, my kids are going to turn out right if I make sure they just get them in all these activities and give them, you know, lots of opportunities. They're going to turn out right. And as, as followers of Christ, we're like, well, some of those things are good. It's not a bad thing to do. But my hope is not in this stuff. Our hope is a God in heaven. And we function completely differently. We function as people in faith, trusting God to do behind the scenes in our lives and the lives of other people that which is impossible to us. You see, it's faith that moves you and I from sitting here saying, yeah, I really have messed up. I haven't done very well in this and this and this. How can I possibly you know, do anything well that helps this kid or in my relationships or whatever. And the answer is is trust God, because God is the one who does all of that stuff. It's not us anyway. Faith is what helps you and me to move forward in the next day and to take those action steps and to take those steps of obedience and and, and trust him and to live that out because it's not in our power that we do these things. It's in the power of God in, in heaven. And last thing, kind of related to this, and I kind of missed this earlier, but it's important. When Jesus said to the man, Unless you see signs, you won't believe, he was talking to that man, and he was talking to the people around him, and he was talking to you and me. Did that man already believe that Jesus could heal him, his son? He did. He already had faith. You see, What Jesus is looking for is not so much faith that he can do stuff, as much as he's looking for us to have faith in him. This man didn't yet have faith in Jesus as his Savior. He didn't yet believe differently. Jesus did the miracles, the signs pointing to him. I talked about that. But what Jesus was trying to do is not to get people to believe that he was just a God who could love and do good things in their life and take care of them and provide for them. He was trying to get them to believe in him as their savior. Trying to get to them to take a much bigger step of faith, that he alone was the one that could save them and and transform their lives spiritually and give them eternal life in a relationship with heaven. A lot of people walk around trusting God, praying to, to either the God of heaven we know or some other God or some figment of their imagination, you know, rubbing their rabbit's foot or whatever, they're putting hope in to get something to turn out well. But what Jesus is looking for is for our faith to be in him as our as our savior. This man didn't have that. But he on his way home heard the news and he saw a much deeper thing, and his household believed and realized Jesus differently than what they did before. So my question to you this morning is, is where are you struggling to have faith right now? Where are you struggling to live at peace, to simply turn away and turn around and walk away? I mean, this man's son was dying. When he left, he didn't know if Jesus would get there in time. He wasn't asking Jesus to raise him from the dead. He was just saying, can you get there, please, because he's going to die. And where are you and I struggling more than we really should? And where does Jesus just simply want you to turn around and walk away and just trust him? Or get up the next day and not be so upset and so worried and so whatever in your life. Where are you and you're trusting Jesus as Savior? Maybe Jesus is trying to say the same thing to you. I've done some cool stuff in your life as a kid. And look how I've protected you in all of your life. And I've done and worked out all this stuff in your life. But you're the one that still needs to believe. To the point where you surrender your life to Jesus, just as he, Jesus was kind of hitting at this guy that, yeah, you believe me to save your son and to heal him, but you really don't believe yet for me as your savior of your sins, and maybe you need to take that step of faith this morning. What's God speaking to you about today? This morning, uh, just as our team's going to come up and uh, we're going to sing one more song, I just want to challenge you. Where are you in your own faith personally? So pray with me. Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus who loves us and gave himself for us. And Lord, every one of us in here need to be reminded that our life is just simply to be lived out in faith. Not, faith is not a way of manipulating you to get to our outcome. Our faith is not simply just trusting you're going to do something that we want. But our faith is in you as the Lord of heaven. And we trust everything in our life, regardless of the outcomes. And Father, we, it's, it's us writing a blank check, putting your name on it and our name on it, and not filling in the amount and saying whatever you want to do is okay. Lord, would you help us to have faith as a church, as individuals, as families? Father, would you help us to live in just the simplicity of that? We make life so complicated and so uh, complex and far more fearful than it needs to be. When you've your words have told us that we are 100% secure with you and we'll never be isolated, never be separated from you. And we're okay because we're with you. Lord, whatever you need to speak into people's hearts right now, I pray that you would do that. Help those that need to take that bigger step of faith to simply trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray you'd awaken their soul to sin and to the sweetness of salvation and forgiveness through what Jesus did on the cross. Lord, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.